on this episode of AV Week, what segments of the AV industry are going to be most impacted by IoT and AR, the importance of local support when growing globally, and distribution or direct. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 373, recorded Thursday, October 18th, 2018. Just right. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. And by Extron Electronics. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to talk about the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, an old friend that has been far too long gone on, on this program. His, his name is Joe Andrulis, and he works for Biamp. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Tim. It's uh, great to be back after my, I think, about three-year hiatus from the uh, AV broadcast tour. So uh, excited to be back on board, joined Biamp, and we're uh, loving life here in Portland and looking forward to a lot of exciting things. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, the, uh, Joe was part of the group that, that purchased uh, yeah. Biamp last December, actually. That's correct. And also with us, uh, an old friend as well. His name is Jimmy Paskey. Last time we saw him was in San Diego uh, for Cedia. So welcome, sir. Yeah, I, I wish I had that weather going on today here in North Carolina. Starting to feel like a winter just a little bit. But yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy works for, for Sojax. That's why we saw him last time. And it just since we're talking about weather, I'm in St. Louis where it doesn't know if it wants to be 35 degrees or 45 degrees. So, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take my weather instead. It's weird. It was, it was 95. Last Monday, it was 95 degrees on Monday, and it was 55 on, on Friday. So it was mm. like, you know, finally decided to be fall. So, All right, guys. Uh, first story comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator uh, and Tom LeBlanc uh, talking about the trends in hotel room technology, AI, and the IoT, Internet of Things. Quote, unquote, it wasn't that long ago that the typical hotel room technology uh, consisted of an old school CRT mm. and very confusing remote control. You'd leave your home and office where flat panel TVs were omnipresent and seemingly go back in time as you enter the hotel room. Tom goes on to write about how these uh, hotel chains are utilizing AI, they're utilizing voice control, they're utilizing um, the IoT technology. And Joe, I'm going to start with you on this. What areas of the AV industry do we see kind of being disrupted? What verticals, I guess, besides hotel, and hotel is, is a fine example of that. Yeah. But what other areas are we seeing being disrupted by both AI and, and IoT? Um, I, I guess I wouldn't characterize it as being disrupted. I okay. actually view this as a, a tremendous benefit, a wonderful trend for uh, the AV industry. I mean, one of the challenges with the AV industry always is that AV was pretty complicated, right? We, we remarked about the remote controls in hotel room, which is a really, really simple form of AV in, in, a, in a kind of a residential type of setting. Uh, you know, when you look at what we confronted in AV and SSR and other sorts of complicated settings, our poor users were confronted by a pretty unique, challenging experience, and they often failed for lack of experience or each space was always a little bit different. So, you know, this move towards AI, which was... Uh, 
kind of a way to do anticipatory or context sensitive control, uh, as well as basically wider adoption of control through the adoption of IoT, I think is just lowering the barriers to being able to integrate devices together, provide users a much more, uh, essentially educate users on how to control their experience in the environment and generally have the environments do the control on their own. Uh, you know, you did mention uh, all the new technology going into hotel rooms, but I, I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms. And if I saw a trend, if anything, it's I touch fewer things these days. Hmm. And it's basically because most things are just right. And they're right because they do have sensors, context-based control, AI, other things that basically ensure that my experience is going to be closer to something that's pretty, pretty satisfactory. Uh, we're going to see more of that in conference room technology and AV technology generally so that people will fuss with things less and less. So I think it's all to the good. Well, that actually brings up a really good point, Jimmy, is the, the Joe's experience as everything being just right. As a, a former programmer and a for t former tech manager, I know what kind of work it takes to get things like that. Right. So is this a, a good opportunity for for the AV integrator, for the commercial integrator, even the residential integrator to get in and say, OK, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you want things just to kind of happen. That's great. It's going to be a little bit more because there's a lot of more back end. How then do we educate the customer about this? We yes, we can do this, but there might be a, a, a price, uh, a price point change to that. Yeah, I, I, I think it does nothing but um, secure the jobs and uh, into the foreseeable future. Um, programming is everything. And I've learned that just by getting demonstrations across the US, you'll hear somebody say a command one way and then you'll hear it said a different way at another shop you know, down the road. And I think about uh, maybe the educational environment or where we're coming into a conference room, uh, corporate America, um, one person will say a command one way and another will say it quite differently. And I think programming has to be flexible enough to allow for that kind of uh, versatility to drive the result that we're all looking for ultimately. Bring them, bringing the lights up, turning the projector on, you know, getting the conference room ready for a meeting or for education or for whatever it might be we're using it for. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, our next story comes to us from our friends over at Innovate on the Net. Biamp, Joe's company, is adding to their European team uh, from the article. Uh, building on recent addition to its European sales team, Biamp has appointed Sandra Kellerman to support its sales channel throughout Eastern Europe and the Nordic countries. Joe, this is a, a recent hire for you guys, the um, recent, recent hire for you. And, and I want to start with you on this. Because you guys have been doing some expansion as well. Serge has, has, has also been doing some expanding. But one thing that, that has kind of been a, a thread, at least for us and our coverage throughout this, the last 12 months, honestly, has been the, global, the globalization of AV, whether it's, it's integrators yeah. who are expanding overseas or, or manufacturers who are uh, putting out more support staff. How important is it, is it for a manufacturer who is seeing not only their U.S. clients expanding beyond the U.S. borders, but also seeing uh, integrators who um, they're connecting with, you know, newly or, or reconnecting with uh, across the globe. How, how important is it to to have that local support when you're expanding globally? Uh, it's uh, essential. Essentially, it's unavoidably essential. Uh, you know, you mentioned two phenomena that are 
related to one another, but really distinctly different. One is, you know, globalization generally, right? We're all trying to sell our solutions uh, around the world. Uh, but even more importantly, it's the globalization of some of our most important clients. And so even if you would like to say, well, I'm a North, North American uh, distributor or a European distributor, the fact that some of your biggest clients are not isolated to one domain means somehow, some way, we need to find a way to go and support them in these other geographies. Uh, it's also very, very critical, especially with these large global companies, that they have a very uniform experience across all their different departments. Uh, they've got people that move across borders and go to these various offices. They want their people to be effective in all those different locations. So standardization of the deployments, standardization of the experiences within those room spaces is something they're mandating. And the only way to do ensure that is to make sure that the, some of the entities that, that persist across all these different geographies, like the manufacturers, are committed to the success of the integrators because not all integrators are, have that same sort of global footprint. So uh, we need to step in and support the local integrators so that the objectives of the global customers are all met. Um, that only enhances our ability to support them, their work that is truly local within these geographies as well. So any work we do in support of the globals tends to carry over and benefit us in the uh, local markets as well. So uh, it is essential, um, certainly Biamp as a, as a brand in particular is kind of known for ensuring customer success, right? I mean, that's above and beyond just great products. We want to ensure the great products deliver the experiences that we promise that they will. And that requires handholding and stepping in and ensuring that shortfalls or confusion or other sorts of glitches that happen in the real world are patched up by us. And uh, we're going to continue to go and do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, I want to talk about a little bit, a little slight difference on this. Um, Biamp makes makes devices that obviously require power. Surgex is, is that's what they do is they handle power. Not to be too simplistic about this, but uh, I've learned the hard way more than once that there is different power in different parts of the world. So how do you then make sure that you do maintain a uniform experience, like you know, the phrase that Joe used, uh, while also making sure that your systems and your products work regardless of where they are? Yeah, well, I, I think um, kind of like in my experiences here in the States, uh, each little area has their own little um, nuances. I was talking to a gentleman in San Francisco uh, last night, and he mentioned uh, lightning. I said, we don't really have a lot of lightning in Northern California, but what you do get is a lot of brownouts. And so having somebody established, you know, in the pockets uh, regionally uh, out in, in Europe and, and in other countries certainly helps because you get a real sense of what the issues are or might be. And then obviously being um, accredited appropriately so that your certification for each country is, um, is appropriate enough to uh, limit any liability that somebody might have by plugging into one of our products. That's also key. And then the last part is um, people still like dealing with people. So, you know, having a face that's local, that, that somebody understands the, uh, the person, you know, the relationship that the, the understanding of the region is there, as opposed to maybe somebody coming over from North America that just gets to go, well, whatever, once a quarter or once a year to, to give some FaceTime. I think it's, um, it's crucial, no matter what uh, region we happen to be working in. 
Well, you mentioned something there about being accredited locally. Um, you, in the U.S., we have different uh, certifications. Obviously, in Europe, they have different certifications depending on which part of Europe. They also have different ones. Uh, Japan has different ones. China has ones. Is that something that you guys go after and you say, hey, we want to we want to get into this market, let's say India, for example, you, we want to get into the, um, into the India market or the China market, what certifications do we need? Or is that a, a pushback from your clients that say, Hey, we want to use your product in XYZ country, but we need these certs. Yeah. Well, it, it goes both ways. Um, you know, with the acquisition in 2016 of Surgex uh, folding into Amatech, who's a very much a global uh, company. It's one of the first questions we are going to ask ourselves is, Yes, we would like to participate in Brazil or Australia or wherever, but, you know, A, can we right out of the gate? Do we have the certifications to be able to do it? B, um, in many cases, do we have the resources? Is there already an established office space? Is there a, an established uh, distribution network that we can tie into? And, and actually, it just helped us with uh, relationships in Australia here uh, very recently this past month. But um, yeah, certainly it's coming from us. Also, it will come from the customer if it doesn't come out of our mouths first. That'll be the first thing they ask. We'd love to use your product. Uh, it seems like great product. Uh, will we be in trouble if something happens because of some you know, certification that may not be there? All right, very good. Uh, next story here comes to us from our friends over at Sound of Communications. Almo Pro, uh, Pro AV has got, been named the exclusive U.S. distributor of IMAG systems. If you're not familiar with IMAG systems, they're an AV over IP uh, delivery products. They use the SDVOE uh, Alliance uh, protocol for that. A um, couple questions here. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you on this. Um, first and foremost, what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of a manufacturer going exclusively with one distributor, uh, maybe in, in, in a particular country, in a particular region? Hmm. We just went through this on the pro side here in the States. Um, and it's working out great. I mean, our, uh, at the end of the day, uh, our larger customers um, kind of dictate that uh, uh, the tightness on that supply chain is, is ever more um, tight, you know, so, so they want to be able to have the product just kind of flowing as they need it, as opposed to holding on to inventory. And of course, these days in manufacturing, yes, we have some inventory, but it's, it's nothing like, you know, maybe what we would hope to have as salespeople in the field. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an ebb and flow and it's a delicate balance, but we've certainly benefited from the move in June here in the States where we were able to partner up with uh, Herman Pro AV and, and they've been great for us. They were great for us uh, for the, you know, several years that we had a relationship with them while we were dealing with uh, direct customers and then also them as a distribution partner. Joe, uh, this actually kind of goes back to a little bit to the global uh, chat we had. Um, here in the States, there, there's two different mechanisms. There are certainly direct from manufacturer relationships, and there is also uh, distribution. At least in, in, in the UK and in Europe, distribution is almost entirely how folks get products, whether it's buy-in products or surgeons or whoever. So the same kind of question is, is what, you know, when a, why would a company maybe diversify over various, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, distribution methods? I guess is the best way to put this. Um, or you know, maybe they want to say, that, "Oh, this is how we do it. This is the one way you can get us." I mean, company, every company is going to maybe perhaps have its own philosophy. And speaking for Biamp, we have a very clear way in which we think through that those trade offs. We uh, make a decision to either go direct or go through distribution. Um, either way we go. It's our philosophy that you are dealing with buy-in. 
And because of that, that's why our philosophy then says, carries forward and says, well, if we choose to go with the distributor, it's an exclusive distributor because we go all in with the distributor. We think best represents the biamp values and is able to go and represent biamp most effectively. And we don't want the distributor to think that we are split our commitment or that we are somehow uncertain about their ability to deliver. We go all in uh, with their distributor so that uh, anybody dealing, doing business with that distributor can feel that they are doing business with Bayam. Um, if we, if the market economics, size, so forth, suggests that we, uh, a direct presence is more efficient, then we go in with the direct presence and we don't, we don't generally complement it with a distributor as well. So it's an either or all in commitment from Bayam. And is that, not to get into too much in the weeds here, but that's region-wide or country-wide when, when you make that decision? Yes. Yes. And it, generally, the trade-off comes that if uh, we have a large enough book of business where we can justify a local office, then we'll generally or quite often favor local office for somebody who has the reach and established relationships with integrators in a market where we don't have a large book of business yet, then it's a lot more efficient and effective for us to go through a distributor. Very good. Uh, last story here comes to us uh, from AV Magazine. Uber is deploying 850 rooms, 850 rooms, with Zoom and Panca Panacast, uh, two cameras. If you're not familiar with Panacast, everybody's familiar with Zoom. It's what we're using here uh, to record. Uh, Panacast has this um, a, a camera that lets you span the um, you know, very wide percentage of, of the room. This is a quote from the, the head of collaboration and AV services at Uber. You have five chairs per huddle room. If two are not in the camera, meaning you can't see them in the field of view, then those two chairs are not usable and you've lost two seats at the table. Literally. I want to hone in on something. First of all, I want to hone in on the fact that, that, that Uber, a, a very large tech firm, has a head of collaboration and AV services. I think that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. The fact that a, a large tech firm has somebody that, a, a, somebody in that position that says this is important to us, make sure that we have somebody in that position that knows what they're talking about and can speak AV and IT and, and, and bring the two together. But Jimmy, a, a wider question for the commercial integrators that are listening to this. This is 850 rooms, right? 850 systems, 850 huddle spaces. It's a large deployment and that didn't happen overnight. My question, though, is from, from both you and Joe, how do integrators get into the room? How do they get into that, that, that meeting that happens that says, yes, we're going to do 850 rooms, and you, ABC integrator, are going to get this job? You know, I think um, many times we get into projects like this through our consulted, uh, consultant network. Uh, and I would hope that even if um, Uber has its... Uh, IT and AV guru, uh, that guru uh, hopefully reached out to a consultant to say what would be the best way to approach such a large-scale project. Um, if, if they had experience in that, maybe they'd have some knowledge as to how to deploy uh, and execute, but probably not, um, given their background. Um, I'd say reach out to a consultant, see uh, the best way to get accomplished, um, fitting all the chairs into the, uh, into the meeting. Um, and then hopefully that consultant then is uh, giving the end user, um, you know, the best experience they can for whatever price point they're trying to accomplish, you know, and, and ultimately the result that they want to get through 
uh, it looks like a couple TVs, a camera, and a you know a, a mission control uh, tablet there, right? So um, consulting uh, is probably our our niche um, and the the go-to strategy. Uh, working through that network of consultants across the U.S. and uh, trying to get into larger scale projects like this. Uh, Joe, same kind of question as as we wrap up here. How do you get into the room where where big projects like this are are kind of uh, set out and and awarded? Yeah, well, I certainly agree with everything Jimmy just described. I, you know, we certainly don't take for granted that there's any one fixed model that's going to work, and so we we stay actively involved with all the major participants in the conversation. And there's kind of four of them, right? I mean, there's the end user themselves, of course, and sometimes, like with Uber, they've committed to developing an internal house or a capability that's pretty sophisticated. Other times, not so much. Um, consultants are a very, very heavily utilized channel for doing unique and large installations like an 850-room deployment. Uh, integrators are sometimes brought in to implement that and sometimes brought in earlier to help uh, construct that. So obviously, we want to be very, very tight with them. And then honestly, the manufacturers themselves. We don't isolate ourselves from any of those communities. We actively involve ourselves, keep on the lookout for those programs. Uh, we're happy to go in and, and be a point of introduction for some of them. So for some of these other entities, like the consultants and the integrators, um, there are instances where that happens, where we just happen to bump into an end user and we do get to kind of kick it off. Um, but just as often, we're supporting one of these other channels. So we keep active links to all of them. Um, these big projects, are rarely one person's decisions or one entity's. They, it is really a collaboration between all those communities. And um, the winner is going to be the one who, who effectively can operate to get within all of them. Well, and that is, that is really the trick, right, is getting all the disparate folks who are not only responsible, but they have a stake, <clears throat> stakeholders uh, in, mm-hmm. in these organizations that says, yes, you know, I, I want this or I want that. How do we make that happen and how do we most successfully and and economically uh, make this happen? All right, guys, uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you both so much. Uh, Mr. Joe Andrews from Biamp. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for having me. uh, How do people find you and or Biamp? Well, you can find me personally on LinkedIn. Just uh, search for Joe Andrews. Very few Andrewses, so you should have no problem. But Joe Andrews at Biamp. Uh, and buy them generally at www.buyamp.com. And of course, we hope to see many of you at ISC, which is only four short months away now. So uh, um, we should have lots of things that get people excited. So please stop by. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Mr. Paschke, sir, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people find you and or Surgex? Uh, well, first, let's go to the website espsurgex.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well, Jimmy Paschke. I'd uh, be glad to help anybody with questions, steer them towards the right, uh, most appropriate contact in our company. Thanks, Tim, for having me, by the way. Absolutely, Absolutely man. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me uh, on Twitter because uh, at this point I'm complaining about the Bears defense. Uh, <laughs> if you would, please, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Next few weeks, honestly, is going to be all about digital signage for us. And then, as Joe mentioned, ISC uh, shortly mm-hmm. thereafter. Uh, but we'll be in New York. Uh, city for New York Digital Signage Week, also for NEC's um, uh, 25th anniversary showcase. 
And then a couple weeks after that, we're doing uh, our next webinar on digital signage and digital signage creation, uh, content creation for uh, AV integrators. So check that out. Also, while you're there, check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us go to New York Digital Signage Week and ISC and everything else. And Biamp is, is one of those. So we thank them for their support. So find all that and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for AV Week. 